Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. Thanks, Nye. Great to see everybody. Welcome. Welcome those of you watching online. How's everyone doing? Everyone all right? Did anyone have like a moment, we're talking about Windrush Sunday, where you had like a kind of a moment where you could almost taste the jerk chicken? I felt like an eschatological inbreaking of the jerk chicken. I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready in Jesus' name. It's going to be a good Sunday. And um, it's so good to have those of you here joining us online for the first time. I'm trying to work out whether like some of you have like just rolled out of bed. We have one viewer, Judith, who's in Florida right now, who's messaging in the chat. She normally gets up at like really, really early, really, really early in the morning to watch the morning service. And so now she's having like the best day. I hope you Can we just make some noise for Florida joining us online? Um, so tonight, as Nice said, I want to um, speak to you about almost the most important thing you can learn if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus. I want to speak tonight about how to hear God, how to hear God. And I don't know about you, but there are times when I go through my daily walk, whether it's like decision making or uh, the, the choices I'm making or the direction of my travel as a human being, where I'm like, I could use a little guidance. I could use some direction. How many of you use a sat-nav when you're driving in a car or maybe you're traveling on a road trip with a friend and use a Waze? Everyone use Waze? I'm a big Waze. We have Apple Maps fans. Who's Apple Maps? Okay. Google. Anyone use Google? Oh, wow, more than I thought. Like, I'm a Waze guy, and I like Waze because it's pretty straightforward, and it always tells me if there's, like, trouble ahead. And usually, um, it's pretty helpful. It'll tell me if, like, the, it's always the Blackwall Tunnel. Like, the Blackwall Tunnel is, like, do not go through the Blackwall Tunnel. It'll tell me to go the long way around and save me some time. And then every now and then, I'll take a journey where I'll know the direction of travel. I know where I'm meant to be going, and I know the route pretty well. And I don't really need the Waze to kind of interrupt me and tell me what to do. And I'll listen to music, and just that kind of drop of the song, Waze will come on and it'll be like at the next roundabout take the third exit I'm like I'm no I know I know where to go at the next roundabout is it just me so I I or often if it's a route I know I will switch the sat nav off I will like switch it onto mute there are three settings alerts only which is like accidents or like voice voice guidance or like mute like shut up do not talk to me and I will go for the mute setting and and usually it's fine the other day I was driving to see some friends outside of London about an hour and a half outside of London and I know the road I know where to go and I'm traveling along and sure enough I switch on the mute setting and I start listening to music and we're chatting and Liv is like oh we're doing really well for time we're gonna be okay we're not gonna be late I was like no we're gonna be great and then suddenly I realized that that was the turn off I was meant to take and I'm like Liv's like it was that way is that meant to be the turnoff? Was that the one we meant to take? I was like, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure ways will reroute. And sure enough, it does that horrible thing where it reroutes you straight down the road ahead of you and then back the same direction. And I'm looking at the other side of the road and it has like 40 mile tailback. It's the M25 and the other direction is solid traffic. I'm like, oh, why did I press mute on the sat-nav? And sure enough, it added like a whole another 40 minutes to our journey. And I was not popular in our family that day. And, and it could have been so easily avoided had I set the settings on my sat-nav to like voice activation, to guidance. And it's good because I muted it. I ended up making a bad choice, the wrong decision. And it took me a lot longer to get where I was going. 
How many of us go through life and we come to decisions or junctions in our life and we don't listen out for God to guide us? Instead, we make our own decisions on our own and we end up taking a long detour. Does that sound familiar? It's like this job or this relationship or this situation, I need God to speak. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, well, I'm not sure I get it. You know, I, I, maybe that's for the super spiritual Christians like Naomi Maxwell. Like, I'm sure she hears God the whole time. You know, I'm not a, like an advanced Christian. I'm like a baby Christian. I, I, I don't think I can ever hear God. And maybe you're like that here tonight and you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure. Or maybe, um, I don't know, maybe you're like thinking, well, what if I try and listen to God and He says something and, and I don't like, I'm not confident it's Him. What if I get it wrong? How do I know God's speaking to me? What happens if I make a decision based on what I thought God was saying and it turns out to be a car crash? Or maybe you have like one of those spiritual friends. I know I have a bunch of friends like this and like you sort of had a chat with them and they start becoming all spiritual on you. And as you're talking to them, you're like, they're going like, hmm. And you think, oh, I'm just listening to the Lord for you. And you start chatting to them. Do you have any friends like that? And they're super spiritual. And you have a conversation about like which route to get on the, do you go to the overground or do you go to the bus? And they're like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Just listening to the Lord. Like, don't. It's just a bus. Like, seriously? Or maybe you've grown up in an environment where people like use that kind of idea of listening to God to like, like say stuff that wasn't helpful into your life or to kind of manipulate or to, to cause harm. So what I want to look at tonight is how we can learn to hear the voice of God in, an, in our ordinary, regular, normal lives. Now, I grew up without a faith. Uh, and when I became a Christian, my life was radically impacted. I had no idea that Jesus was real until I encountered him. And then I was like, wow, this is real. And gradually over a period of, of weeks and months, I began to realize that, that God wanted to impact my life. He wanted to change my life. And he wanted me to live a different direction and travel with him, not on mute in my life, but with the sat nav, his spirit guiding me. But I've got to be honest with you. The first time I heard the voice of God, it was a complete shock because I thought that kind of stuff was for crazy people. I thought it wouldn't happen to ordinary people like me. Now, you know, I, I was a very rational teenager. I'd grown up and I had not dabbled in hallucinogenic drugs or, or kind of a whole load of stuff that would lead you to think the story I'm about to tell you has a cause in psychosis or something else. I, I was doing well. I wasn't like in, in a crazy place. But one day, about three weeks after I had um, encountered Jesus, I'd given my life to him, I was staying with my friend on the Isle of Wight. And the Isle of Wight, for those of you who don't know, it's like kind of, it's like Jamaica to what, it's like the Jamaica of Britain. It's an island. Is it though? Is it? I mean, if you're watching this from the Isle of Wight, it kind of is, no? Bad parallel. But anyhow, it's like exotic. You travel on a ferry to get there. It's like a 20-minute ferry across some brown water. And you get there at beaches and parties. And that's where the parallel with Jamaica kind of breaks down. But I got to the Isle of Wight and I was having this amazing time. We're having parties and we stayed out all night drinking and barbecues on the beach till six in the morning. I got back and my friend's house really, really, really drunk. Now, at that point in my life, I hadn't like heard that that wasn't okay. It wasn't okay to go out and get off your trolley. Like God had another plan for my life, but I didn't know at that point. So I got rocked in at six in the morning off my trolley. And, and I remember sitting there in my friend Edwin's house, his mum's house, in the bathroom and sitting on the loo and like looking and like the room was spinning around me. I was like, what is going on? I was feeling really, really like out of it. 
And I'm sitting there, I had this little tiny niggle in my heart that was like, I wonder if this is the way that God wants me to live. It was like, is it possible that there is another way this might not be the decision that God has for me? And I'm sitting there, and as I'm sitting there, something, one of the most extraordinary things happens to me that has happened in my life. I look, and the wall opposite me is a white painted wall, about four feet from me. And across this white painted wall, as I'm having this thought, like, I wonder if this is how I'm meant to live. I see scrolling on the wall in like bright neon writing, like on the, on the bus stop when you get like the, the words appearing where the next bus is going to be. These, a word and a time. And the word appears, it's the name of a guy and the time appears. I'm like, this is crazy. And I hadn't been taking any hallucinogenic drugs. I'd been out drinking all night, but I wasn't prone to that kind of thing. And here I am, it's not like a normal thing for me to experience. And I'm there thinking, no, no, I'm not hallucinating. I can see this scrolling on the wall straight opposite me. And the name was the name Matthew. I'm like, what's that guy's name doing on the wall? And the time was 1322. I had little dots, I can remember it exactly. And I'm like, wow, what's going to happen at 1.22 this afternoon involving Matthew? I'm like, am I like in some Matrix movie? Is this like Inception? This is really trippy. And then this little voice in my heart says, you need to read Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. And I'm like, oh, chapter 13, verse, it's a Bible reference. 22, it's a Bible. So I go and I try and find a Bible. Of course, I didn't have a Bible. I just become a Christian. I was in the Isle of Wight. I didn't know if they had the Bible in the Isle of Wight. So I, I kind of uh, crawl around the house at six in the morning in my drunken state and I try and find a Bible. There's nothing in Edwin's room. He's the least past, last person my mate Edwin wasn't going to have a Bible in his room. So I crawl around. There's nothing in the living room, nothing in the kitchen. The last place I'm that desperate is Edwin's mum's bedroom. <laughs> so I open the door to Edwin's mum's bedroom and Edwin's mum is asleep in her bed. She's snoring. So I get on my hands and knees I don't know if you guys can see this online. And I start crawling around in Edwin's mum's bedroom at six in the morning, trying to find it. It's a Bible. And I see a Bible in the bookshelf and I go over and I get the Bible and I crawl back out to the toilet with my Bible under my arm. And I get into the toilet. I lock the door. I turn to Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. And it says this, Jesus speaking about the parable of the sower, about how some seed falls on good soil. But he explains that the pleasures and the cares of this world choke it and it doesn't lead to fruit. And I was like, wow, that was a come down. In that moment, I learned two things. Number one, God cares about my life. He cares about what I do when no one's watching. He wants me to live in such a way that it brings honour and glory to his name. Number two, he cares enough to do something about it. He cares enough that if you say, what, I wonder, I wonder God, he'll speak. God wants you and I to live our lives not with the sat-nav on mute. He wants us to learn to hear his voice. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at one passage when Jesus teaches us how to hear the voice of God. It's brilliantly simple. You don't need a degree in theology. God can speak to you at six in the morning. Whatever your condition, God wants you to hear his voice tonight. So turn with me, if you have a Bible with you, Matthew chapter 10, verse, um, verses one through five, and then we're gonna read verse 27 um, together. Matthew chapter 10 says this. 
Oh, not Matthew, John, sorry. <laughs> Matthew was the other one. That's the writing on the wall. John chapter 10, reading from verses 1 to 5. God says this. Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, and anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. He was talking about religious oppression, abuse. And then he continues, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. That was Jesus talking about himself. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought them all out, brought all his own out, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And then verse 27, Jesus continues. He says this, my sheep, listen. Everybody say, listen to my voice I know everybody say no I know them and they follow everybody say follow they follow me three things Jesus gives us three ways that we can simply begin to learn to hear the voice of the God of God the first is to listen Pete Gregg says this learning to hear God's voice his word and his whisper is the single most important thing you will ever do take that on board for a moment as a Christian, the single most important thing you can do is learn to listen to the voice of God. If you want to become a mature Christian, to grow up and see impact in your life and fruit and see all that God has in your life come to be, we need to learn to listen. Verse 27, Jesus says that. My sheep listen to my voice. You know, in the New Testament, there are two words to describe the word of God in the Greek. The first is the word logos, that's the word by which we get the word made flesh. It refers to Jesus in his incarnation, the word made flesh. And also it refers to the Bible, the word that God has spoken. And that is the primary way God wants to speak to you in your life is through the word of God. That's why I want to encourage you to get a Bible, to read a Bible. Don't like crawl into your friend's mum's bedroom at six in the morning. Have one with you on your phone. You can download an iPhone app, Bible in One Year or the Bible app. And they're brilliant. I'm dyslexic. I find reading really hard. But I love listening to the Bible app. I just get it. You can pick your translation. You can press play. And it'll encourage me. Try and do that every day. Then the second word in New Testament for the word, the, the word of the Lord is the word rima. And this is God speaking actively and personally to you in your present moment. In other words, a word of knowledge or an encouragement or a picture or a scripture applied to your life or writing on the wall like I experienced. It's God intervening in your story and your navigation of the world in order to help you and encourage you. So think of it like this. The Logos, the word of God is like the roadmap. It doesn't change. It's going to help you navigate your position, what God is saying to you. But then the reamer of God is like the instructions as you navigate through your journey. It's like God saying, hang on a minute, Chris, slow down, turn left at the next roundabout, the third exit. What decisions are you going to make in your work when no one's looking, your integrity, your giving, in your finances, in your relationships? And that's where you need God to speak to you. Otherwise, you're on your own and you're going to get lost. It doesn't work. And that's why as a church, we want to make space to learn to hear the voice of God together. We've got our L plates on, if you like. There's a community we haven't got it all sorted as a community in our connect groups. One of the most powerful things you can do is to listen and say, let me pray for you. I wonder if God might be saying this. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 
verse 3. Paul says, the one who prophesies, in other words, speaks what God might be saying, speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Who wants a bit of strengthening? Who wants a bit of encouraging? Who wants a bit of comfort? I know I do. So we've got to learn to be brave and speak out. In a moment, we're going to make space just to hear what God might be saying. And if you're on the, the live stream, if you're joining us, and that includes you too, you can have a moment to hear God and let him speak to you. So the first thing Jesus says is, is listen. The second thing, the next thing Jesus says is, is know and be known. Verse 27, I know them. You know, there are six ways in the Bible God speaks to people. If you work through the whole theology of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you'll find six patterns through which God speaks to people. The first is a phenomenon plus a voice, Moses and the burning bush. The second is a supernatural messenger or an angel. You've all seen the nativity play. It's Gabriel appearing and speaking to Mary and Joseph. But all the way through the Bible, God speaks in that way. The third is dreams and visions. Joseph is warned by a dream not to go back to Egypt. Paul has a vision of Jesus. The fourth way is an audible voice. The fifth, a human voice, a person speaking to another person. And the sixth way is God speaking spirit to spirit, like the prophets would often hear God speak to them, a still small voice. And throughout history, God has spoken to his people in a plethora of ways, in a multitude of ways, for various reasons, to warn, to guide, to encourage, to rebuke, to correct, to inspire, to challenge, but only ever with one motivation. Why does God speak? Well, the answer is God wants to be in relationship with you. The reason God speaks is that he cares about you. He knows your story. He knows the pain of your background and your upbringing and the struggles you face. He knows you better than yourself. And he wants to speak to you because that's what people who have relationships with each other do. They communicate. God knows you and he wants to speak to you. And so learning to hear from God flows from a desire to know and be known. Learning to hear the voice of God is not a skill that we need to master as much as it is a master that we need to meet. It's spending time with Jesus that changes everything. And we can do that right now. You don't need church to do that. You don't need an internet connection to do that. You don't need me to tell you to do that. You don't need anything but you spending time with God. He wants to have a relationship with you. And maybe you're here tonight and it's a bit rusty. Maybe you wandered in and it's a bit weird. And you're like, I don't know. Let me encourage you with this. God knows. God knows you. Before you were, he, he was and he is and will be. And he's got a plan for your life. He loves you. He's kind and he's gentle. And he wants to build your life around his love. So that's the second thing that Jesus says, is not just listen, but know. And then he goes on to give us like the third step to learning to hear the voice of God. And it's really simple. It's, and then my sheep follow me. They follow me. In other words, what we do when we learn to hear the voice of God is we learn to follow Jesus. Verse 27, and they follow me. In other words, the Holy Spirit points to Jesus. He doesn't point to us. 
He doesn't point to like, oh, isn't it amazing? You know, Naomi had this prophetic word for me and I now, it's like, it's, wow, she must be amazing. That, that's encouragement. But the point is, it points us back to Jesus. And for that reason, I'm always very suspicious of like eccentricities. When people are like, oh, well, thus saith the Lord, or they assume a kind of strange demeanor uh, or a kind of weird way of speaking. Like, we don't need to be like that. It's just God working through ordinary people like you and me, speaking through us to each other. That has been the pattern throughout church history, throughout the Bible. And we don't have to hype that stuff up. By the way, I looked through the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is not intensity. Intensity is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can't work this stuff up. You can't like constipate yourself and get more intense spiritually in the hope that somehow it's going to produce more fruit in your life. It doesn't work like that. All we can do is just say, well, here I am, Jesus. I want to hear you. I want to know you. I want to follow you. And we do that, amazing things happen. And the point is, it doesn't always happen overnight. You know, sheep learn to hear their master's voice. So Kaz, who's been leading worship tonight, is married to Robin. Robin is training for ordination in the Church of England, um, and it's amazing. But Robin's background is he grew up on, on a farm, right? He grew up on a farm in Devon, and they have sheep. And I was asking Robin this week, I was like, Robin, tell me about sheep and like the shepherd, because you're a shepherd. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. You know, sheep know the shepherd's voice. And I was like, how does that work? He's like, well, if you were to go and stand in my parents' field right now, and you were to shout, hey, sheep, they would ignore you. But if I was to come and stand there in the field with them and go, hey, sheep, they would all come running over towards me. And I was like, why? What is, what, is it like a sort of like a secret language you speak? He's like, no, it's just really simple. When they were born, like they know me because I'm Rob. I mean, not, they don't like call him Rob. Hi, oh, Rob. <laughs> oh, look, everyone, it's Rob. Rob's back for the weekend from London. <laughs> but they're like, they recognize his voice. When he goes, sheep, he said this, he said, he said you know, we, we feed them, we care for them, and then we eat them. <laughs> I was like, that's where the analogy of the good shepherd breaks down, you know. That is not the good shepherd, that's just the shepherd. <laughs> that's the hungry shepherd, that's another story. It's like the hungry caterpillar, but for sheep. But the point is, the sheep know his voice, and that's why they follow him. Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice, and I and they follow me. God wants you and I to learn to hear his voice. When we do that, amazing things can happen. He can help lift us out of situations we find ourselves in that are really hard to navigate. I don't know what you face today. Maybe it's uncertainty in your work or your personal life. Maybe it's challenge in your finances. Maybe it's challenge in, in your, like what are you meant to be doing with your life? Maybe your relationships maybe illness, maybe um, something that's keeping you up at night. And you know you need to hear a word of encouragement and strengthening and comfort. You need Jesus to speak to you. You don't need self-help or a TED talk or a podcast to cheer you up. What you need is to know that the God of the universe cares, comforts. And the crazy thing is when we learn to listen, God will interrupt our day-to-day. He'll come alongside us and he'll encourage us and comfort us and do far more than we ever could see happen on our own. So some of you are coming to land with this story. We'll remember Tosin. Tosin was one of the clergy here as part of our team. And anyone remember Tosin? 
<laughs> Tosin may be, may be watching this tonight, um, but um, I just like, there was at least like 10% of the room who remember you, Tosin. So uh, be encouraged. No, we still love you, Tosin. <laughs> Tosin um, was, was part of our team here at Saint in the early days before we kind of started planting congregations. And Tosin's an amazing guy. He's married to Angela. He'd grown up in this part of London in Hackney. He'd worked here in his 20s. And when we started this new chapter and the Bishop of London sent us to, to kickstart this chapter in 2016, Tosin was one of the first people through the door and he came and he was studying to be an ordinand, training in the Church of England. He moved here and um, then got ordained and, you know, was part of this community. And, uh, and then when the, the, like, lockdown happened, he was the guy who sort of kick-started Lighthouse and Lighthouse began to blow up. And as you know, over 400,000 meals are now being fed out through Lighthouse. Amazing work. And I've got to be honest with you, Tosin was like, you know, a keeper. I was like, you're never leaving, dude. You know, we're going to build this together. I was like, we're going to get matching tattoos and we're going to grow all together in Hackney. It's going to be amazing. And then one day we were walking around London Fields and I remember him saying to me, I just, I wonder if God might be stirring something in my life. And I was like, well, great. You know, we, we really believe in empowering leaders. If the Church of England needs leaders, anything right now, it's people like you, Tosin, to step up into leadership. Um, and we were like, come on, Tosin, you're amazing. We're cheering you on. We want to see you fulfill all that you're called to do. And in that moment, I was like, um, well, I don't know what that's going to look like. And over a period of like weeks and months, we began to pray and walk and chat together. And this little idea came up on the horizon. There was such a long shot. There was no way it was ever actually going to happen. And it was this, there's a guy called the Archbishop of Canterbury, I'm sure you've heard of him, he's the kind of spiritual leader of the Church of England, and 80 million Anglicans around the world, he would be the kind of person who's in charge of the Anglican Church, and the Anglican Church is run by the Archbishop of Canterbury, he's their spiritual leader, but the Archbishop of Canterbury has like a spiritual like, like chaplain, and that's someone who walks around with him, kind of encourages him, prays for him, kind of like looks after him and makes sure his spiritual life is alive and well, and usually that role goes to somebody who's like super... Um, has been like a kind of, like, a, 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 you know, it's about to become a bishop somewhere. Uh, it's like a very senior person in the church of England, not normally someone that young. And they're usually very experienced in like church politics. And uh, they're usually like, like a doctor or a PhD or written like, you know, books or like somebody who's going to be like a sort of heavyweight in academia. In fact, typically that person is a real like titan in the church of England. And it's not like Tosin's experience set is really different. He's like, there's no way I could do that. But Tosin was like, but I really feel this, this passion for the Church of England, for the future of the Church of England, and for praying for the future of the Church of England. And so literally part of the idea, and nothing came of it, there's no sort of like, um, it was like a total long shot. And then one day I'm in my kitchen, and I live around the corner from here, and in the vicarage, the rectory kitchen, and I was preparing for a meeting we had that night. We had a PCC meeting. And I'll never forget, it was like a stack of papers this thick, and I'm sitting on my kitchen table with these papers, and I laid them all out because I'm trying to prepare. I've got half an hour to prep for the meeting, and I've got some food in the Tupperware in the microwave, and I pressed the minute 30 seconds in the microwave, and I'm sitting there waiting for the microwave to ping and, like, watching the food cook. And I couldn't do anything else because, you know, thinking when the microwave is going, you don't want, like some kind of nuclear fission to happen with your dinner. You have to watch the microwave. You can't like go away. So I'm watching my food cooking and my mind is in neutral. And out of nowhere, this crazy idea pops into my head. And I felt, I felt like it was the Holy Spirit. But I'm like, I'm not sure, but I felt this crazy idea. And the idea was this. I just felt this little voice say, you need to invite the Archbishop of Canterbury to join you for dinner. And I was like, that is probably the craziest idea I've ever had. And it's the most left the field. I wasn't thinking about the Archbishop of Canterbury. I was thinking about my dinner that was in the microwave and the PCC meeting I was about to go to. 
So I parked it and I thought, that's crazy. But it was such a weird idea and it was so strange at the time that I remember noting it and thinking, I wonder if that might be God speaking. It's so left the field that I, I didn't actually write it down. I was like, I'm going to make a mental note about that and leave it. So ping on the microwave. I get my dinner out the Tupperware. I sit down. I start reading through these papers and then my phone is on the table next to me. And you know how like on WhatsApp, people can call you and it, it, like, if they haven't got your number, they just call you and it says their name and their picture on a WhatsApp call. And so I'm there and my phone starts ringing and to my absolute astonishment, I look and the picture that comes up is a picture of the Archbishop of Canterbury. I'm like, what? Is this a prank call? What is going on here? And the name says Justin Welby, hyphen, Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> so I'm like, this is crazy. So I swipe my phone, loudspeaker, I'm like, hello? And this voice goes, uh, hello, Al, it's Justin Welby here, the Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> I'm like, no way! I get super awkward. I start fanboying him. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're the Archbishop of Canterbury. I can see you on my WhatsApp screen. There you are, your picture. This is crazy. Do you know what's crazy is I'm having my dinner right now. And a minute ago, I was standing in front of my microwave and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that I had to invite you to come for dinner. And here you are, the Archbishop of Canterbury joining me for dinner in my kitchen, in my home. Isn't that amazing? and there's a silence on the phone <laughs> and you know when you've like overshared and you know you're like this person now thinks you're really weird there's this long awkward silence and then I hear the voice on the end of the phone saying uh, Al um, you're actually on loudspeaker in the great west room at Lambeth Palace with the chief of staff the Bishop of Lambeth, and this whole long list of people. And it was like the interview panel. And Justin Welby said to me, do you think that God might be calling Tosin to come and help me? And I, in that moment, knew the answer. But what I didn't know is that God also had an answer to that question. And I said, hey, from my point of view, I think he's an amazing candidate. He's a great guy. But let me tell you something else. I believe that God is opening this door for this new chapter, for you, for Tosin, and that God is inviting this situation to happen. I, I, I believe that because a minute and a half ago, I was waiting for my microwave dinner to pop, and I felt the Lord say that we should have this conversation, and here we are. So yeah, I believe that God is speaking right now. And of course, Tosin went on to get that job, and I need to stress, he got it on his own merit. It wasn't my microwave dinner that swung it. He, the guy got the job. He's the best candidate for it. But I know in my heart that God was kind enough to let me in on his plan. And I wasn't even looking for it, but I guess I was waiting for my microwave dinner. And the point is, you might have a microwave at home. <laughs> you might have a moment on the overground tomorrow. You might have a moment you're waiting for something, the elevator at work, the lift, or for your friend to catch you up for that drink. And in those little moments, in the gaps of your life, let me encourage you in the work moment, in the relationship moment, in the decision in the club on a Friday night, whether it's another drink or actually, do you know what? I need to watch this. That God is only too willing to speak 
Because Jesus says he wants you to listen. He wants you to know and be known. He wants you to follow him. And when we let him speak, let me encourage you. God wants to comfort and strengthen and help you grow. So that in the weeks and years and months ahead, you'll look back at your life and think, I didn't miss the turning. I made the right decision. I was obedient to you. I was faithful to what you're calling me to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have a chance to pray. And those of you online joining us as well, you can pray wherever you're watching us. Even if you're watching on Catch Up, the Holy Spirit is already with you right now. So what I'm going to invite us to do is, is to stand and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. But also, we're going to make some space tonight just for what Paul talks about. God commands the church to do, in fact, that we would make space to be encouraged and strengthened and comforted by the Holy Spirit. So why don't we stand wherever you are and let's take a moment to be still. And I'm simply going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. He's been doing wonderful things across. We've got 10 different services happening today and across all of them, amazing encouragement. God's been doing wonderful things. And if you're joining us online as well, just take a moment if you're able to close your eyes if it's safe to and allow the Holy Spirit to meet with you right now. So come Holy Spirit, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Don't worry what's going on around you. Just allow God to speak to you. And I wonder if there might be um, those who feel more confident in this, if you might just sense God speaking to you. Again, as it says in Corinthians, for the strengthening, for the encouraging, for the comforting of God's people. We want to be as practical as possible in church. This is not a kind of um, an intellectual or a theoretical exercise. God's love is deeply practical. He wants to help you. And as we read in Scripture, God will often do that through each other. And you know, there might be somebody here tonight who just is longing to hear from God, and God might speak to you for them, and that's great. Or you might be here and say, well, I'd love God to encourage me. We never know until we ask what he wants to do. And we never know if we don't make space for him. So as the Holy Spirit is, is moving, I'm just going to encourage us just take a moment more, and then I'm going to ask if anyone has a sense of God speaking for them to come and share. And this could go horribly wrong. Don't worry. That, that's, I'll, I'll sort us out. We'll be fine. We've all got our L plates on. Someone said to me in a previous service, you know, do, do, if I get it wrong, you know, in Leviticus, they used to stone the false prophets. Would that make me a false prophet? Will I get stoned if I get it wrong? I said, well, there's lots of places you can get stoned in acne, but it ain't going to be in church. <laughs> God's not going to get cross with you. You know, we're just trying out. We're just listening and waiting. We'll make plenty of mistakes, and that's okay. But 
Lord, we love you. We thank you. Thank you that you love us, that you're kind. Okay, I'm going to make this um, quite hard for us, actually. I'm just going to ask that we just sit down, um, just so that we kind of um, open our eyes. Uh, oh, Chris, come on, go, 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 grab a seat, grab a seat. So what, what I'm going to just ask that we do, um, uh, guys joining us online, you have to figure out how to do this, but... Um, you know, I'm really keen when we learn to listen to God that we don't get all intense and like hype God up or like let's get ourselves into a trance-like state. Like it's not, it doesn't work like that. If God can speak to little old me, dyslexic, you know, not, not particularly good at like that stuff, when I'm cooking my microwave dinner, <laughs> he can speak to you. All right, so what I'm going to ask that we do is just if anyone has like a, um, a sense that God might be speaking to them, I'm going to ask you to come really quickly and just share. You don't have to like validate it or like sort of say, thus saith the Lord or explain what you think God might be saying. Just, just share what you think God's saying. And I, I want to frame and caveat this that um, like it, it might be God, it might not be. That's okay. Um, and then what we're going to do is when we've had, and I don't know if anyone's going to respond, Chris has come forward already, which is very exciting. Um, but, uh, it, uh, there might be somebody here who responds, in which case we'll pray for you, but it might be no one responds, in which case that's fine. We'll worship, we'll go home. Jesus is still alive, the world will keep spinning. Um, and equally, um, in a moment, like it might be we're going to respond and we'll have a chance to pray for one another. If you're online as well, like this is for you. God can speak to you wherever you are right now. And, and let me tell you, often he does. It's often when you're not expecting God to move that he'll do it. So um, let's be brave. This is the scary bit, and it could go horribly wrong, in which case it's fine. We'll, we'll be fine. Um, if anyone has a sense of like a word, an encouragement, a picture, a sense of God might be saying something, then why don't you come? If you're in the team meeting before and you had a, you've been praying, and if you're one of our connect group leaders or on our PCC, just, just why don't you come and share? Okay, so let's be brave. I what we're going to do. Why don't you come? We're going to like, everyone's going to come over here. Chris, you're going to lead the way. And just, I don't know if this is going to work. We'll line up. And I want you to go really quickly. Come on up. And it's going to be like speed interviews. Okay, go. So I had this picture of like a saloon door from a Western swinging open and closed. And I feel like for some people, there's like an uncertainty of letting things in or maybe someone's just like left. And I think that's the door of your heart. And I want to tell you that the second picture is God's love is not like a saloon door swinging that's unsafe. It's a door that you can open. And the, the kind of challenge I had was like, do you want to open the door of your heart to him? That's great. Okay, great. Fantastic. Come on up. Um, yeah, I had a vision. No, not a vision. I had the lyrics that we sang earlier come, come to mind of um, it's your breath in our lungs and it's not that we're doing stuff on our own strengths, but actually it's God filling us in everything that we do. Amazing. Thanks, Laura. And I come. Um, hi. <laughs> I was really drawn to the bit in, that you read, but the bit about the, um, when they hear the stranger's voice, they, they don't listen, they turn away and how quite often we do the exact opposite. We've learnt the stranger's voice, the liar's voice, and that's sometimes more familiar to us. And so we end up following that. And I just um, felt a real call to reflect on, like, actually, am I listening to the shepherd? What's true? What's the lie? And it's just quite funny, because I think we all think we're not that gullible. gullible. And um, then we, like, <laughs> realise what we're listening to. So... Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Anna. John? Um, a bit similar to Chris. I just had this sense somebody just wanted to head for the exit. But, um, but God was saying, but I'm safe. Yeah. Great. Polly? 
Um, similarly as well, I had a, an image of um, a woman kind of hiding herself with a veil, and it was almost like um, not wanting to be seen or not wanting to be noticed, and I felt like um, God was saying, he sees you, and it's okay, um, and he loves you. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Coming up. <laughs> Hi, um, I just um, heard like for the fame of his name and I think this is for someone who feels like God is calling them to do something and they're worried because they feel like I'm just me, like I'm this person and like I can't do this really big thing but like I don't want to put my name out there, I don't want to put myself out there but it's like remembering that like all we are is his hands and feet and at the end of the day it's for the fame of his name and not our name so when we're putting ourselves out there if God is in us, we're really just putting him out there. So for anyone who's feeling like overwhelmed by whatever God is calling them to do, it's like it's for him and it's him that's doing it through us as vessels. So yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Nye. Hi. Um, so this morning during worship, I could just like almost in like neon writing, see the words freedom under the window. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that applies to the 11, um, sorry, to the six. And then God was like, no, it really does. And gave me like another picture of like shackles falling to the ground. Um, and so it really feels like God is like, I want to set people free from some like big things. So praise God. Um, and the second picture was... Um, of someone who like feels really drawn to like innovation and adventure, um, but they just keep feeling like they're coming up against like barriers and walls. And I saw someone like standing like almost like I don't know out of a cartoon or something, but standing at the front of a boat, pair of binoculars, excited about what they can see ahead, but just feeling like is that ever going to be attainable? And God wanted to just say, press on, like keep going. He's for you. Amazing. Come on up. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 15, our lives are Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. And um, the picture I had is really, if you're standing in a room with someone and they've got a perfume on and you can smell it, or sometimes they've left the room but that perfume remains, we are that Christ-like fragrance. And when you guys are full of Christ, it just comes off you. It's going to be in your workplace, the places you go, the people you interact with. But just know that when you fill yourself up with God, it, it changes that atmosphere around you and people will perceive it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I just get the feeling there's someone in this room that's just constantly searching for something. I don't know if it's fulfillment or purpose. And I also get this feeling like, um, it just hasn't been enough or it hasn't worked out for them. And I just hear God say, come to me, I'm your answer. Um, you find everything in me. So, so good. Temi, come on up. So cool. We're online, right? We, we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, well, oh, I forgot now. Um, Did you just come up there to say hello to your mum? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I never usually because we're... Anyway. Um, the point is, um, I had a picture of a, 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 like a cloud, um, and it's been on top of someone's head, and I just, um, I kind of saw some, a picture of someone walking, and this like cloud feels like it's actually changed the way you walk. Um, you're leaning over, and um, I felt that that related to uh, depression, actually, um, and you've kind of been trying to scatter away this cloud, this cloud of depression, and um, I felt the Lord kind of say, I don't think it's moving the cloud away, so it's not taking the cloud away, but actually to, there's pictures in the Bible that talk about Jesus coming on a cloud. 
And actually, he wants to kind of change the perspective that uh, rather than depression following you around, that it's the Lord that wants to follow you around. And, um, and Philippians 4 uh, talks about this, and to just think about that, this idea that um, even within the depression, we, even within the, the, the struggles, that the Lord is, the Lord is near. So. Amazing. Thank you. Coming up, coming up. And then the last two, very quickly, coming up. I just wanted to say, um, actually, for many years now, for over five years, I guess, the only thing that's been on my mind or the only thing I was focusing on was working and studying just so I can get a better life. But just recently, I met somebody, and that person inspired me to reconnect with my spirituality and to try to learn more about Christ. Because to be honest, it's my first time being in church in over five years, actually. And so one thought that came to my mind was, did I make the right choice? And when I think about it, what I heard was, yes, it was the right choice. That's what I wanted to say. Amazing. That's so encouraging. Thank you. Well done. And last one coming up. Hi. Um, so I just had like an answer in response to, it was like God was telling me his thoughts back to when it says that my sheep know my voice. And he said back, very clearly it was like and I know their voice too so when you call out to me I also know you and I respond so don't be afraid to call out because I will respond and I will come through so yeah amazing okay isn't that fun okay so can we just encourage one more time those who like really brave coming up because um yeah thank you so much that's really encouraging and as I said L plates we haven't got it all sorted um, we're learning this together and um, we want this to be a safe community where we can try this stuff out and um, normalize what we read about in the Bible. That's the point of church, right? If we're not doing that, I don't know what we're doing. Um, but what I'd love us to do is now kind of take another step and like be brave in responding to that. And it might be you're here and one of those things, you're like, yeah, actually, I, I do struggle with that. Or yes, I do feel that's relevant to my life. Or maybe you're online and you can figure out how to pray for yourself or jump in the chat or whatever. But what, I'm, what we're going to do in a moment is I'm going to ask if any of those things feel like um, they're relevant to you. Or if you feel God is speaking to you and encouraging you, I'm going to ask you in a moment to be brave as well and to stand so that we can invite you to the front and pray for you. Now, the reason I'm kind of going to make this hard is um, we're not kind of, um, I want you to make the choice. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, sometimes it's like, um, well, I just ended up down the front of church. And that's not the point. I, it, like, you'll know if God's kind of encouraging you and speaking to you, um, that's between you and God. And only the Holy Spirit and your spirit will know that that's you. But there's also something that we do when we respond to God. And that's a choice of the will. We have free will. You don't have to be here tonight, by the way. No one's forced you to come, I hope. And if you're here watching by mistake online, you, you know, you can swipe on or swipe right or swipe left or click up or down, whatever you want to do. No one's forcing you to be here. You have freedom. Um, but equally, when God speaks, that invitation to open the door and step through it is really powerful. And I look back at my life and it's been the moments where I've chosen to say, well, I don't know if that's you. I don't even know if I believe in you, but I'm going to choose to step into that. I see real breakthrough. And I look back at my story. I think, well, those are the moments where I chose obedience, where I picked up that Bible and I read Matthew 13, 22, and it transformed my life. And I gave up that kind of lifestyle and focused on him. Maybe you're here tonight and that needs to be something that you take seriously in your life. So what I'm going to ask that we do on the count of three is if you feel God is speaking to you, I'm going to ask you really brave, stand up and literally come to the front. But I'm going to make it a little bit easier for you is that I'm going to ask also that our like, ministry team, 
like those who love to pray, and that's those who are in connect groups or um, our hosting team tonight, those on the PCC or the kind of people who've been around for a while who love praying for people. I'd love you to come as well. So people are on their own. We're not just going to leave you down the front and make it super awkward. So um, on the count of three, you ready? One, two, three, go for it. Why don't you stand if you sense God's speaking to you tonight? Okay, cool. Why don't you come right now? Um, that's great. You might be the first person to come. Just come, push your way through. You might not be the last. You might be the first, but don't worry too much. And then I love those who love to pray. Why don't you come as well? And that's it. Spread right out down the front. That's it. Fantastic. All right. And why don't we all stand now? We're going to take a moment um, to worship. And in a moment, I'll close the form part of the service. But um, we're just going to take a moment to pray for these men and women down the front. And then the other group of people I'd love to pray for tonight is if you're here and you're like, um, uh, I would love to learn how to hear the voice of God, but I don't know where to begin. I'd love to stretch out. I was talking with one um, person, young person here last week. In fact, they emailed me and they said, I'd love to grow in the prophetic, but I don't know what that means. I don't know how to stretch out in that stuff. And if that's you, we'd love to just pray for you. If you're here and you want someone to pray for you, why don't you come as well and we'll just begin to pray for you. It'd be great. Um, those who had the words of knowledge as well, Chris, others, why don't you come and, and pray as well? Is that all right? Just come and begin to pray for people. And then we're going to worship. Is that all right? Everyone all right? <laughs> Everyone good online? Okay, great. Let's worship um, and we'll come back together in a few minutes' time. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.